afternoon. Welcome to the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. And today I was asked for a review or a critique of a July 23rd, 2021 interview between Alan Parr of The Beat and Priscilla Shirer, a well-known speaker and teacher and author on the Christian ministry circuit. Well, this is that review. I listened to the first 30 minutes of the 58-minute interview. Alan Parr of The Beat seems to be an engaging and enthusiastic speaker and interviewer, and Priscilla Shirer is the same. Her answers in many parts of the interview that I listened to, the first half, were mostly spot on, biblically. Now, I said mostly, and the devil is in the details. Now, Parr gushed for the first few minutes about how he was greatly influenced by Priscilla's father, preacher Tony Evans, and indeed her entire family. He seemed quite adoring of all of them, each Evans sibling having grown into their own ministry. He then asked Shira about her early life in the Evans family growing up. And I liked her reply about her early life and family. She was respectful, and it seemed to be a good life growing up, with an involved mom, dad, and siblings, and revolving around her life, life at her dad, Tony Evans's church. And Shira by now is a well-established writer, teacher, and national speaker. So Parr asked her how she grew into her ministry from the earliest days. And I also liked that answer to Parr's question. I mean, it's a shame that her ministry grew to include teaching men and abandoning the call for a woman's life to be homeward and other issues, but as far as how God grows people in a ministry, it was a good answer, and it was one I agreed with. Shirer said she'd been um, growing but had re refrained from, like, strategizing it or forcing it. Her ministry's growth was, as she, quote, said, quote, less one moment and more, quote, a daily commitment to honoring him day by day over time. Unquote. And her ministry grew from there. And Shirer took each of the next small steps in faith, you know, day by day. She just focused on doing what was next or what was in front of her and understanding all the while that the Lord was giving her a passion and opportunities to move along, even if she didn't quite know where it would lead at the time. And this was good. I mean, it's indeed how most ministries grow and how the Lord brings us up step by step. And she was honest and relatable when describing her devastating realization that her original career in broadcast journalism was not going to work out. But in hindsight, she's thrilled in looking back and seeing that the Lord had been growing her in talent and skill with the journalism jobs, but at the same time, reorienting her toward what would eventually become her teaching ministry.
Now, Parr's next question about being, quote, a woman in ministry, unquote, was carefully crafted, sadly. Um, and if you don't know, Priscilla Shirer is, um, has taught, co-ed, has preached, and has taught to men. Um, Parr's question was nebulous and avoided the biblical minefield by avoiding the obvious words like preach and sin and role. He framed Shira's teaching and preaching with men in the audience by blaming, quote, church culture putting a ceiling or a cap or limitations on things women may be called to do, unquote. And Shira's reply was equally coy. When people want to talk about women in men's positions in ministry, they use words like gifting or gifted, ministry and calling. Shira used those words to explain her eventual acceptance of teaching with men in the audience um, was okay. But using those words, firstly, is disingenuous because every Christian is gifted and every Christian is called to do something. And for many of these women, it's a career that and their ministry ends up being not a ministry, as I'll deal with below. But as Parr earlier noted in his interview, at the least we're all called to evangelize and disciple. The Lord doesn't call women to do something he said elsewhere in his word would be sin. You know, that would be the same as saying, I feel called to sleep with this man even though I'm married. I'm gifted sexually and sharing it seems the obvious choice. Otherwise, the Lord would not be giving me these opportunities. He wouldn't have given me the talent. Now, it sounds ridiculous and absurd um, and a little graphic, but that's the excuse that these women use for preaching and teaching men. God does give sexuality to everyone, but a woman is only supposed to share it within a small sphere with her husband. And it's the same with these women and their ministries. He might have given Shira the talent to communicate God's truth, but only within one sphere, to women and within her own home. Perhaps the Lord gives these preaching, quote, opportunities less as an opportunity and more like a test. But Shire is like so many other women who generalize it to make their sinful ministries seem acceptable, and they themselves brave for daring to do it. But co-opting the name of God into your sinful activity and using God as your excuse, you know, quote, because I'm called, is very bad. It reminds me of Eve and Adam in the garden blaming each other and the serpent. Now, women are called to ministry, but are not called to preach. That's why using specific words is so important. Women are gifted, i.e. given the gifts of teaching and exhortation, some of them to preach and teach, but not preach to men or not at the pulpit. Shire carefully conflates the gifting with the roles and leaves the impression it's all or nothing. 
that either women are called or they're not. Women are gifted or they're not. Or either women do ministry or they can't. Parr, for his part, disappointingly used church culture that's his phrase, as the reason women have been discouraged from preaching and teaching men. He didn't say the Bible forbids it. He said church culture prevents or discourages women. Shirer used the black church as an excuse for her preaching in one part of the interview, where women, quote, don't get a woman's conference, unquote. So when she was invited, she said, she felt that if she didn't go, these women would not get their day. Are Shire's words so important that she would be the only one to ever share biblical truths with these women? Is black church culture so devoid of women's ministry as if an artificial program is even needed most of the time that Shire feels it's acceptable to set aside biblical commands and bend to the church culture? Is she some sort of savior stepping into a void in black churches that God had left bare? Shira gave a third excuse for her preaching and teaching men. Besides, I'm called, and besides, black culture leaves women in the dust, is that she had the, quote, covering of her dad who is also her pastor, she noted, and the covering of the inviting pastor. Now, covering was an actual movement, very popular in the 70s and 80s. When you hear covering, perk up, it's not an innocent word. When you hear a woman say that she has the covering of her pastor as her reason for doing X, usually something in the Bible forbids women from doing, as in preaching. What she is saying is that her, her pastor gave, or leader, gave her permission to do X, and thus she is absolved of the sin because she's covered by his permission. Beth Moore related a story on video at her original pastor's funeral memorial that he had asked her to preach on a Sunday night at the pulpit. Moore initially balked and remembered asking him that I'm a woman, don't I need to be under an authority? And her pastor had said, don't I look like an authority to you, Beth? And he encouraged Moore to go ahead and preach. Moore credited her pastor for launching her speaking and preaching career and Shire said the same about her dad. Now, here is a definition of spiritual covering from compelling truth, which has also got, got questions. Quote, spiritual covering is often referred to in connection with the shepherding movement. There, it means that a Christian submits to the authority of another believer in a way that his or spiritual life or ministry is valid to God, only under direct supervision of this specific person. This person's usually an elder or a pastor or an older, more mature Christian. 
The idea that spiritual life or ministry is validated by another human is not biblical. Unquote. That's the end of compelling truth. Definition of covering. Now, Shire said upon her initial engagement that if there were men in the audience, she felt qualms about preaching and teaching. So she went to her father, who's also her pastor, and Evans had said she was covered by his permission, as well as the inviting pastor's covering. Shira said, quote, she wanted to honor God, unquote. So she didn't do it that often. Now on the day of judgment, these women are going to be looking up for where, for where their covering is. And all they're going to see is the face of an angry God. Now, I use the word disingenuous purposely because Shira sounds humble and her demeanor is engaging, but she is more of a feminist lifestyle woman than many people know. Her reasonable sounding interview with Parr notwithstanding, the Lord calls women in general to orient their lives at home, tend to the children, and to be a helpmeet for her husband. Shira is actually the man of her family. A 2010 New York Times article revealed this about Shira, the article titled Housewives of God. The article noted that Mr. Shira spends much of the day negotiating Priscilla's speaking invitations and her book contract. In the afternoon, it's often Mr. Shirer who collects the boys from school. Back home, Priscilla and Jerry divide the chores and childcare equally. Priscilla says he will most often jump in and do the dinner dishes. We don't have like, these are wife tasks and these are husband tasks. Kids are not a wife mommy thing, Shirer said. The article continues by noting that Jerry quit his job to run his wife's ministry. Priscilla now accepts about 20 of some 300 speaking invitations a year. And as an aside from the quote, that was 11 years ago. Her speaking invitations no doubt have grown. But back to the New York Times quote, she publishes a stream of Bible studies, workbooks, and corresponding DVDs intended for women to read and watch with their girlfriends from church. Jerry does his share of the housework and childcare so that Priscilla can study and write. He travels with his wife everywhere, and whenever possible, they take their sons along on her speaking trips, but they often deposit the boys with Jerry's mother. That's the end quote of the New York Times article, Housewives of God. Now, if you delete the name Shire and substitute Gloria Steinem and change the word ministry to job, you have a description of a life that any feminist would be proud of. Ladies, don't be struck with a humble or engaging demeanor. It's not just what they say, but what they do. Contrived excuses about God calling them to sin or the church culture demands it or 
having a covering are just that, excuses. I would have loved Parr to directly ask Shire, why do you preach to men when 1 Timothy 2.12 says, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet? Or I wish Parr had asked, how is it that your husband takes care of the kids while you focus on your career? When Titus 2, 3 to 5 says a woman is to be at home. Softball questions, offering a platform to rebellious women to legitimize them, and using words intended to obfuscate are more of Satan's bailiwicks than God's. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the question about um, offering a critique. And I hope this blessed you or taught you something in some way. And I hope you have a rest of the marvelous day.